this speaker that we have tonight. Most of you know Mickey already. I've known Mickey for quite a while. And if you ever need a prayer answered, he's a good guy to call. He will sincerely pray. Him and Tammy have worked good together for many years now. They built a great church in the Richlands area in Virginia. And I think greater things are coming to them in their ministry. And so I want you to give Jesus a big hand as Pastor Mickey Hill comes and shares the Word of God with us tonight. Show off. I had to do that. Wasn't that great? I tell you. Come on, wasn't that great? That was awesome, wasn't it? Praise God. I tell you, that's just about got me stirred up there. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I just want to say it is an honor uh, to be with you tonight. I count it a privilege uh, just to be, a, again, part of the fellowship. So we want to thank, again, uh, Barnabas for uh, giving us this opportunity and Again, because of them, we uh, know some of you and have become friends with uh, a lot of you all and just, just very honored and humbled to be amongst such wonderful people. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that tonight. Thankful, Pastor Ron, for allowing me to uh, grace your pulpit and this church already for all that you've done and shown. And, uh, and I tell other people, uh, you know, I've been, as a young minister, you know, coming up, I went to uh, try to go to conferences and things, and sometimes you go and there's a... Uh, uh, and not to put the people down, just very well-known people there, and you just kind of mixed in the crowd there, and you go there, and you're, you, 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 you know, just kind of a dot there. But I, I tell other people and some other pastors I've brought on, I said, you know what? I've met in this fellowship are just a bunch of just people who love Jesus uh, like me, that love God uh, down to earth, that love the Lord. And I said, I think, you know, you would find some good uh, uh, friendships there. And so I, I appreciate that because that's who I am. Amen. But we know we, we need one another, uh, and I pray the Lord will grace me tonight to share some things. Uh, last week, just around the round table, just listening to the pastors and uh, not getting to, you know, see, because we're just different. We're kind of all over the country, you know, but listening to them speak, listening what the Lord's put in their spirit, even today, just listening to that. I think the Lord just is putting us on the same page. You know, we may deliver it a little different, but the same heart and the same theme I think the Lord's uh, been speaking to us, and uh, just something that's really been in my heart probably for about five or six weeks, and I pray the Lord will grace me tonight to share some things that will help you, but this is not just for, for ministers and preachers tonight, okay? I, want, I hope I deposit to you, but I'm saying to the whole body of Christ tonight, to, to you, because you're special, you're important to the Lord. You really are. You're, you're needed in the body of Christ, and so uh, just for the next few moments, Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you and honor you tonight. I thank you for your people, Lord. And I count this a privilege, Lord, but humbled as well, Lord, that we might just stand here and share tonight. So as always, Lord, I just ask you tonight, Lord, just to hide me. And I pray that I don't add anything to your word or take away, but may we all just sit at the feet of Jesus, open our minds and our spirits tonight, Lord, anoint our ears to hear, Lord, what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us tonight. Speak to us from your word tonight, Lord, and we'll give you praise and glory, for it's in the wonderful name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. I'm going to just read, uh, and I read a, a lot of verses. That's how I am, okay? I, I give you a lot of verses. Uh, I'm going to look in Judges 7, 17 and 18 tonight, pulling from this story, and I'm reading the NLT. I hope that's okay over here, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Just one verse 
But uh, I shared this a couple of weeks ago at, our, at our, our church, one of the messages. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too. All around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. We know that story very well. And some of them I've heard they've ministered on that particular verse of Scripture chapter. I mean, know the story of Gideon. Gideon, again, was at a, at a time when you might say they were in great crisis and uh, economic crunch, if you will. And Gideon himself, just a little nobody, if you might say, and he's got a little side business, you know, trying to just stay low and, and make enough for his family to support his family. It was a very hard time with the Midianites that brought him under suppression. But God appeared to Gideon. We know that story well, leading up to it, and appeared to him uh, and began to pick him out and said, Gideon, you know, I'm going to use you. And Gideon feeling inferior, like some of us do sometimes as well. Who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm the lowest, the least uh, of the clan, the least of the family, and I'm on the bottom of the totem pole there. But then God began to put confidence in him. God said, you're a great man of valor, Gideon. And God told him something. You know, he said, you know what? He said, Gideon, you're going to take this arm and you're going to fight and deal with them as one man. And so Gideon, we know, put some fleeces before God and, and finally accepted this challenge. But like anyone else, he's gathering together an army because there's a great vast of army that has come in and is in the valley just over the hill, the Midianites, that are going to come and begin to annihilate them. And so he gathers and gets an army, and we know that story well as well. 32,000 men, and Gideon's going to be their leader. But then God comes to Gideon and lets him know, Gideon, you've got too many men in your army. Well, up front, that doesn't look like in the natural, does it? They're already outnumbered. Some will say they had about 135,000 army. So that's right now you're about four to one, okay? But God says you've got too many. And God begins to narrow them down. Because really they had it from an advantage point. They could see on that valley. So they saw that army. They saw the masses there. And they saw how huge that army was, Brother Marcus. And so God immediately then knows. He said, those that have fear in their hearts, allow them to turn around now and go back. And so 22,000 people imagine that turn around and go back. Because again, what they look and they see that enemy. They see the vastness of this army that they're going to have to deal with. So fear is already in their heart. So God gets rid of the spirit of fear right then out of that camp. And then they're down to 10,000. We know the story well. And then again, he narrows them down and said, you have too many. And God begins to take them to a place where he wants to test them. And we know that story. As they're tested at the waters there, those that just bend down and drink from the water, those that lap like a dog. But within those, God said that, you know what? With these 300, Gideon, I'm going to deliver these Midianites into your hand. With these 300 men right here. And God tests us sometimes. And I want to tonight from this verse here, because the Lord just pulled that out into me. One voice and one sound. There's one voice and one sound. And God had called Gideon, because you might say that even in today, there was a great challenge here. But how many know, and I don't have to tell you and explain to you, we got a great challenge ahead of us in this nation right now. There's great challenges, and I think you're aware of that too that we are under uh, awareness that we're dealing with spiritual conflict. We're dealing, it's good and evil. It's light and darkness. It's God's kingdom and the enemy's kingdom that's clashing and that's at war. And we're just seeing the evidences of that. 
But God is saying, I believe, to his whole body here. I believe he's saying to his church right now, folks, when we come together, when there's one voice and one sound, God can do some great and amazing things as he did. And, and so Gideon masked this 300, and we know the story here. God, isn't it amazing how God, still you got that intimidation, but God encourages you, that God tells him to go down into that camp, and he grabs a man, and he goes down into that camp. Now, that camp is massive, because the Bible says they, they look, their, their camels look like locusts packed in there, and the grains of the sand of the sea. There's tents everywhere by the thousands, and he says, go down that camp, and you're going to be encouraged. And they crawl up. What are the odds of crawling up at the right time, at the very moment they begin to tell a dream that they have at the right tent, amen? I mean, they just all of a sudden show up, and they're talking in a tent, and they're outside, and he's telling them about this barley, lo, falling down into the camp and crushing the Midianites. How we know that barley was for poor folks, poor people, amen? Poor folks ate the barley bread, amen? It was for the low, the down and out. But God was saying something, I'm going to do something great through you. And Gideon is encouraged, and he goes back. And this verse here is what he says. Can you still imagine this? Because how many know people, you know, you can have a lot, a lot of numbers, but when fear gets inside of things, amen, they could have had that 32,000. And yes, it is true that God didn't want them to know that they did it. You know, God wanted them to realize that it's not you. Perchance you go and you think you've got this victory. But also there's more than that because if 22,000 had already seen the enemy and they were looking at what they saw with their eyes, they were looking at that. Had they been leashed in that battle, amen, fear was already in their heart. And fear would have spread through that camp and all 32,000 could have been slaughtered. All 32,000 could have been destroyed. God knew that, amen. But he needed people, again, that, that identified with what battle was, with, with alert in their mind, and that he could unify. Folks, God's just looking for some people in his body right now because in the challenge, we look at our culture. Yes, we're outnumbered. Yes, we're outnumbered probably, amen, thousand to one, amen, in this culture with, with what's against us, amen. But how many know, and I love this in this story right here, you don't have to have a lot in numbers. You don't have to have a lot in your church. You just need unity, amen, and those that are in oneness of mind and oneness of sound. You just need the unity and the obedience. Is that what God was going to say? Because they still had to mount up. They still mounted. And Gideon said, you do this. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horn, you keep your eyes on me. When you get the signal, you do what I do. When we blow, you blow. When we sound, you sound. When we shout, you shout. Glory to God. I like it that, amen, still only 300. I mean, it was four to one, but now it's 400. Every Israelite, there's 400 Midianites that they're dealing with, but they still weren't afraid. See, see Gideon had the instruction. He was the commander. He is the one who had the leadership, but there was 300 that were on board with him. They were 300 that one mind. There wasn't a sound here and a sound there. There was an ideal and an ideal here. They were listening to this one man in leadership and they were a one page with one purpose. And that's what God, I believe. And yes, we need revival. Yes, we need a move of God. It's not politicians that's going to turn us around. Amen. It's not these things. Yes, we need a move of God, but God's waiting for his church. Amen. To get in position. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it has to be with those that have the mind of God, the heart of God, have the vision of God and the purpose purpose of God and we're on one page because little is much when God is in it amen glory to God and the Bible tells us as we see this that all of a sudden, amen, that Gideon began to blow that ram's horn, amen, and they began to break those pitchers and they all shouted in unison, amen, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And can you imagine, and said at that moment when there was unison, when there was oneness of that voice, it sent a sound, it sent a shockwave through that camp. It sent something through there that they didn't know which way to turn. There was confusion that the Bible said all of a sudden they began to turn on one another. They began to destroy 
one another. And you know what? That's when God will do what we cannot do. But when we'll lift our voice as one, amen, as one sound, glory to God, there's something can happen. That's what needs to be in the church, amen. There's chaos and confusion. The enemy uses confusion. The enemy uses chaos. But God's got a way of using confusion too when we unite in the Spirit, amen. I told our church this Sunday, and I sometimes use little things like that. You know, we can, we can just use one verse. If I say tonight, just glory to God. Amen? That's powerful with a microphone. Hallelujah. Marcus, let's mean you do that together. You ready on three? Glory to God. Ready? One, two, three. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's a couple of us. Amen? Glory to God. Brother, me and you, let's do three of us now on three. Glory to God. You ready? One, two, three. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, come on. Come on. Can I get me and you, Murray? Come on. Let's four go. Ready on three. One, two, three. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to stop right there for a minute. I want every one of us right now just to get two simple words in your mind. It can be pink Cadillac. I don't care what it is. Two words. Just make sure they're good words, okay? Hallelujah. Get two words. Everybody got two words? Come on. I want you on three. I want you everybody. One, two, three. Say the One, two, three. <laughs> Say that one more time and listen. Get those words out on three. One, two, three. Hear the distinction there. Hear the confusion. Hear the chaos. But I want you, every bit of you at one time, say glory to God out of your belly. Let it come out of your spirit on three as a church. Amen. You ready tonight? One, two, three. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, there's something about it, amen. When we have the leadership, but we're all on one pace, there's one sound, there's one voice and one purpose, amen, that God can get in and do the supernatural, amen. That's all He's looking for. There's no possible way in the natural that they could take it on that enemy. But God said, I just need somebody where there's some unison, where there's some unity, amen. And it was everybody. See, this is a problem now. Yet Gideon was the one chosen. He was the leader. He had the plans and the implement. But you know what? He needed some people on board with him. You can have a general, you can have a leader, you can have a great general that has military brilliance. He has strategies, amen. He knows how to uh, strategize and do war tactics, amen. But he needs an army as well. Others don't have that skill. But the general, you know what? He can show up on the battlefield and the horse, but he stands alone. He's brilliant in his tactics, but he needs those soldiers and those comrades with him, amen. But if those soldiers trust that leader, amen, and they work together, they have one mind, they have one purpose, and that's to advance, and they're working together together and together they defeat the enemy together they have a cause glory to God amen one sound one voice tonight that's what God I believe is raising up in this hour in this generation and I say that again to you that sit there to you amen you say I'm never behind this pulpit you notice folks the fivefold ministry if you look at it God said I gave that for this reason for the equipping of the body for the equipping of the saints for the equipping of the church We're to be servants. Amen. That's what we are. Hallelujah. We're to lift our voice. I believe it's a time in this hour again that we lift our voice. You lift your voice. God wants to feel your voice. Not just up here with a microphone, but I'm saying in this culture, in this generation. We know that. You, you probably taught it at your churches. There is a spirit for the past over year or so, but even now, that wants to shut your voice, that wants to silence your voice, that wants to put you back. And if you don't agree with the narratives of this culture, amen, they want to silence you. But you know what God's saying to us? I believe this. I'm not talking about a mean spirit, but I'm telling you it's time we stand for the truth. We stand for what's right. What's right still right. What's wrong still wrong, church. There is a righteous way. There is a way. 
way. There's a way that God honors tonight, amen. And we, and, and, and again, we have a people, and, and it's not just somewhere foreign now. It's in this country. It's in this nation. There are people that I've talked to recently in culture that have no clue about God, but they need to see that. They need to know the way. They need to know the truth. If there's no alternative to give them, how would they know? You can, like Paul said, preach the truth in love. Don't ever compromise the truth because it's only the truth that sets people free. Amen? Isaiah 58 and 1 says, Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice. What? Like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Lift up your voice. Pastors, lift up your voice. Congregation, lift up your voice. Amen. Just as a believer, as a child of God, you have a voice. It makes a difference. Just like I demonstrated there. Yes, we have one voice. Yes, our voice can be powerful. But when we say the same thing together, because again, right now, if we don't push back, church, this, this, and God has his way, and I know what the word says, there'll be a season of time when God permits things. But until that happens, let's keep tr- trucking along and keep occupying until he comes. Keep preaching this message. Keep moving forward. Amen. But you know what? We're going to have to stand up. That's been a problem for a long time. We've, we've got in our churches, and that's great and good, while the world, amen, while the enemy subtly creeped in to places of authority, places in our school systems, places in our educational system. Places, amen, where social media, places in businesses, politics, amen, all these things. And people like to say, don't get political like that. I just disagree with that. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to get political tonight, but that's been the problem. We've been out of it so long. Yes, it is God. Yes, we need a move of God. Yes, it is. But the Bible's clear on that. When the wicked are in rule, everybody suffers. But when the righteous are in rule, the people rejoice. Amen. I want to tell you, I believe that. I believe we need to invade these, these areas, invade. And thank God that I'm seeing some little clips here lately where some people, amen, some parents and even some kids are standing up against what they're wanting to implement, amen, teach your children. Do you, do you understand what they're wanting to teach your children right now? Do you understand? I mean, we got serious issues in this country, but, you know, we have administration. The biggest concern is, you know, to teach five-year-olds what your gender is, you know, or what your idea of you're a boy or a girl, all of these things. And we got other serious issues. They're wanting to do the Equality Act and, and teach children. And there's intentional division in this country right now. There's intentional things to divide us. It's not, amen, by accident. It's intention. But you know what? I'm hearing some little young children go to school boards, amen, standing up for this and standing for their rights. This is what we need, church. And you might be somebody in your congregation. This is what I'm saying. God doesn't just call people with a microphone, amen, by the pulpit. Amen. God wants to put you in there. Joseph wasn't a pastor. He wasn't really a prophet, amen. But God had him in a strategic position. Daniel was in a place of political authority to influence those in political power, amen. God, if he's going to get in these places, but see, Satan's suddenly done this. Church is wonderful. I love it. We need it. It's a must. It have it, but it is a place to equip. It is a place to come together, to be, to be unified, to get the instruction. But God wants to get it outside the four walls. And Satan has suddenly got into these places of entity. He's got on the lower levels, in the court systems and all that. Amen. And see, you know what? We can be, amen, a majority. We say, well, I don't understand this. Amen. 3%, my God. Did you realize over the last few years, amen, 3% are actually 
actually in this LBGQ, there's a whole alphabet now. I don't know how far it goes, okay? But all that, about 3%. This is what I'm talking about when you get in the power of unity. 3% of it, but look at the sway they've had on this nation. Look at the power and the influence that 3% have had. Why? Because they've unified. They keep pouncing at it, keep pouncing at it, keep pouncing at it, keep pouncing at it. But while we the church are here, but I believe God's saying one time, folks, one church, one voice, if we begin to stand up and we begin to say, I'm not giving up, I'm not backing down, one can show up at a school board meeting, amen, and one may have the microphone, but if it's by themselves, it's not as much. But if another hundred parents show up and say, we support you, glory to God, we're standing behind you, it makes a difference, amen. They're going to see it. We stand behind you because we're one voice and we're one sound. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Is this okay? Hallelujah. The Bible says, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth and judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. I mean, no, there's some people who don't have a voice. The Bible talks about the innocent blood. Pastor Rick was talking about today some of the rights, the HR1 and some of these others, folks. I mean, they're doing everything they can to push this through. Amen. To silence us, to shut us up. You can't say these things. But what do we do? It's right. Amen. Somebody's got to speak up. Somebody's got to speak up. It's still wrong. Amen. Amen. It's still wrong. Killing little, little babies. Killing them in their mother's womb. Amen. That's wrong. Amen. And I'm, I'm not against somebody. If somebody's been through that in their life, amen, that's a heartful thing. And in our hearts, and God's kind and forgiving will restore you. But I'm saying again, amen, that is wrong. There are people, I mean, making millions off of that. Amen. Mutilate little babies. Amen. It's, it's a total demonic sacrifice, amen, to the enemy. There's some old spirits in Israel, I'm telling you, are still, amen, alive today. Amen. Amen. These sacrifices. You, we need to cry out. Those little babies can't cry out from themselves. We need to say that's wrong. We need to preach that's wrong. We need to preach that's wrong. Righteousness is still righteousness, folks. Amen. Sin still sin. Come on. Amen. I'm not saying mean-spirited, but folks, they're not going to know it. Amen. I don't want to be in a church, and I don't want to pastor a church. We love people. But if somebody could come into my church and be there for a year long and never be convicted of anything and never be convicted of lies, something's wrong. I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm going to get on my face and say, what's wrong with me, God? Come on. Hallelujah. And it's not, not out of a spirit, amen, of anger. It's a spirit of love. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, amen. Because they don't know. They don't know. We've got to speak up for them. Esther 4, 14. We know this story well. We know this when a time again, when, and here's another example of that. Haman, see, Haman, Haman had slipped his way in. Haman, Haman hated him. I mean, this is going back for generations, really, the hatred that's in him because of what had happened, amen, amen, with his ancestry. But he has this hate, but he wiggled his way and moved his way to get right close to the king where there was power, amen, but the whole time his hatred is for the Jewish people. That's what I'm saying again today. We have people, again, that have got themselves in position, amen, of power and authority. You know what? And they want to shut the church up. We know it's people, and some of these people are blind themselves. We know it's it's the enemy that wants to shut the voice that opposes him. It's the enemy that wants to shut our voice and silence our voice. But just like Haman got in there, and you know what? There were decrees that were made. There were laws that were put in that even the king himself could not reverse. These laws were put in place, amen, to destroy. And a day was given when the Jews were going to be annihilated. How many know that story? It's a serious time. We're going to shut them up finally and forever. 
But this comes, we come to this verse right here. But God also had him a a little maiden there that he had slept in there too. God always has his. Amen. He has his little person that he puts in the palace as well. We know Esther. And this story right here, it says, Finally Mordecai came to her and says, You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to go. But she understands the decree as well too. If the king doesn't call for me, she could have been killed. He could have had her killed easy. You know, but he says, Look, for if you remain completely silent at this time, at this time, if you stay silent now, I mean, no, again, that's what the enemy wanted to shut up. You, some of you already know this too. Amen. The, the Hebrew calendar, that, the last year meant, you know, uh, the mouth. It was the door of the open mouth. The enemy, what he wanted to do, shut our mouth, put mask over our mouth, do all those things, silence us. But that's what God is saying here. If you be silent, Mordecai said, if you're silent this time, relief and deliverance will come for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. But who knows that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Amen. Who knows? And you know what Esther did? She said, if I perish, I perish. But do this for me. She's the one going to have to go before the king. She's the one going to have to carry the message. But she said, I will do this. I'll fast for three days. But get the people to fast as well. Get the people to go before God. Get the people to humble themselves. You knew what they did? They did that because, folks, their, 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 their very existence was at stake. Their very existence was on the line. They were going to be annihilated. But because of that, because they came together, because they came together and were on the same page, they had one sound one voice together they begin to fast amen they begin to pray and how many know again god did something supernatural amen god gave her favor in the place of power god gave her favor amen and and they he didn't reverse it but he allowed them to defend themselves and god supernaturally again haman was hung on his own gallows amen what he meant for harm what he meant for mordecai he hung on himself and i want to tell you something church again god when we get on the same page in this hour you got gifts you got talents you got ability they're not all the same we all don't have that same just here tonight we've heard on display different gifts amen that are for the body of Christ and they're needed amen for this last hour church hallelujah Ephesians 5 11 I'll try to hurry Ephesians 5 11 says take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them God tells us to expose them God tells us to expose those Right? Call things as they are. Again, not mean spirited, folks. But we have to preach that. We have to preach the truth. How many know that? We have to declare the truth of the Word of God to expose them. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Amen? God's Word is clear on some things. We don't have to read between the lines. There's a life that God wants, amen, a lifestyle that He has that is clear in the Word of God. And if we'll decree that and preach that, hallelujah. Acts 18, 9 and 10 real quickly. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision. How many believe Paul was a great guy? Amen. How many believe he had no issues with fear? He'd just go in and face the line, right? Well, he's just human too. He was very human. And I read this verse and it stood out. God had to come to Paul himself one night in a vision and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But listen to this. But go on speaking and do not be silent. Paul was wrestling with this himself. Because everywhere Paul went, you know, was disruption. He faced opposition everywhere he went. Everybody didn't want to receive his message everywhere he went. 
And Paul was just wrestling even in himself. But you know what God said? Paul, don't be afraid. You keep on speaking. You keep on preaching. You keep on proclaiming the truth. You keep on sharing the gospel. Because God says this, For I am with you, and no one will attack or harm you, for I've got many people in this city. Hallelujah. You know what? God's got some people in this city. God's got some people in your city. He's got some people in your city, Pastor. He's got some people in your city. Wherever there, God's got some people yet, amen, to come into the kingdom. Keep on preaching the gospel. That's what Paul, amen, was being told by God. Don't be silent, Paul. Keep on speaking. Keep on proclaiming what I've given you. Keep on preaching my son, amen. There's one way, as Pastor said it tonight, Jesus is still the way. He's still the truth. He's still the life. He's not a way. There's not many, every road doesn't lead to heaven. My God, amen. Someone tell me the other day, there's a statistic. I forgot how many, 30 or 40 some thousand religions now, somewhere in the world, started out with this, but look where we're at now. Again, that's confusion, folks. That's so many voices. That's different voices. That's why the world's confused. The enemy loves that confusion. But see, when we come into unison, when we come into unity, amen, with one mind, one sound, one voice, amen, God can do some amazing things. How many believe that tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 81.10. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will feel it. Hallelujah. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. He called Jeremiah. That's what he told Jeremiah. Jeremiah's like, who am I? I'm, I'm but a youth. But he said, you go. You go where I send you. You say what I say. How many know that's what we need? We need to do that. We need men and women of God today. We need prophets today. We need to let God put his words in our mouth instead of putting words in his mouth. Amen. It needs to be the other way around. God, fill my mouth with your words. And he wants to do that to you as well. I said, he wants to do. You have some influence tonight. You have influence. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe it's at your office. Maybe there's only three people there. Amen. It's your place of business. It's in your school. It's wherever. But I'm telling you, that's where your voice can sound. It's where your voice can lift up. That's where God wants to use you. God wants to walk into that place. God wants to show himself through you. Amen. In that home, wherever you are. Amen. Be that voice. You may say, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one. I'm isolated. But you're not alone. God said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not because I've got some people there that he loves, that he wants to bring into the kingdom. Amen. And you're the connection to him, church. You're the connection to them. Amen? I believe that's relevant to today. It's relevant to today. They told the apostles that in Acts 14, 4, 18, 20. So they called them, charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, whether is it right in the sight of God to listen to you or rather to God? You've got to judge this, guys. But we cannot but speak of the things we have seen and heard. All I know, I give you my experience. All I know what God's done for me. I know who He is in my life, in your life, my experience, amen, of the presence and the Word of God. How many of those don't want you to shut up? Why just this name? Why the name of Jesus? You ever wonder that? You ever wonder why other religions don't get the persecution that Jesus does? Amen. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Because Satan knows the real. Satan knows that Jesus is the power. Satan knows that Jesus is the way. That's why he comes against this. Don't speak in that name. Amen. See, the enemy wants to, even right now, that's what he's saying. We're the problem. We're the problem. We're the problem. Just like Haman, amen, got inside with the king. These Jews, amen, they're secretly, amen, they're binding together. They're the problem. They're the issue. How know today, you Christians, you're the ones standing in the way. You stand in the way of progress. You stand in the way of equality. Amen. You're not agreeing with us. Amen. You're the problem. You're the one. But we got to stick together. Amen. And we got to lift up again the voice. We got to lift up the gospel that he still is the way. Come on. Amen. The enemy wants to silence and he wants to conquer. Glory to God. 
When the enemy, see, 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 when there's unity, it's amazing what can happen, amen? When the enemy is united, he wants to cause confusion. That's why the division right now in this nation, that's why color against color, this and that, because if he can divide us, keep us against each other. In Genesis 11, someone told this last week, somebody talked about this verse, Genesis 11 and 5, and I'm going to read this in the New Living because I like the way it puts it, in verse 5 through 7, but listen to this. But the Lord came down to look at the city. This is again when the Tower of Babel was being built. Amen. I believe that's one of those times when the, the, Satan don't know when that end's going to be. So I believe at that moment he was ready to take over the world. I believe at that moment when he was ready to have global power, global authority. That's what he wants anyway is to rule the world, dominate the world. He didn't know when. But the Lord came down in the city and looked at the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united. The people are united. And they all speak the same language. My God. That's powerful right there, church. It's more than just, again, we're talking English. We all speak Chinese. But you know how sometimes we'll all do that. If we get to talking about something, amen, brother, you're talking about this or that. You say, you know what? You're talking my language now. You're talking my language now. You're saying what I'm saying. I'm on the page with you. I'm agreeing with you. I know where you're at. Yeah, I'm on board with you. You're talking my language. The Bible says here that they all communicated. And we know, yes, they understood one another, but they were on the same page. There was a uniting there. They were already going up with this tower. They were going to build it up to heaven. And look what God says about this. God says this about, after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. God says this. Why? Because there is a, a unity amongst them. There's, a, there's a, a, a group of effort amongst them that nothing can stop them from making this happen. They had no interest in God. They weren't worshiping God. But God said because they're one, because they're together, amen, not, nothing's going to stop them. So God says, come, let us go down and confuse the people with different language so they won't be understand each other. Amen. See, God's one used that. God knows the power of confusion. God knows the power when we can't communicate to each other. He knows that, but the devil uses the same thing as well, too. See, if he get that in the church, he says, I'm going to try God's tactics as well. I'm going to use God's tactics as well. If I can get in and get them to speak something different, I can get them to work in. Amen. We want to build things, but we can't get it done. Why? Because there's confusion amongst us. There's chaos amongst us. Amen. Hallelujah. But when we stand together, when we have that one voice together, my God, God sends confusion to the camp of the enemy. Glory to God. I said, when we stand together with one voice, just like again, amen, in 2 Chronicles 20, when Jehoshaphat there and three uh, nations that immobilized themselves together to come against them, amen, we don't know what to do against this great number, but God, our eyes are on you. And God, amen, began to give a word of the Lord through them, said, go out and fight them. This battle's not yours. We know that. So they immobilized. They got the singers together, amen. They began to follow, amen, them. And the Bible says this, when they all began to sing just this song, praise ye the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Everybody wasn't singing their own song, amen. They had a leader, amen, that led them. And they said, praise ye the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. They didn't see on the other side of the mountain. They were just going to the battle. They were facing the battle. But the Bible says, if you'll read it, at the moment they begin to sing praise of the Lord, the Lord sent confusion. He sent confusion into the camp of the enemy. That was a natural battle but I want to tell you something I believe with all my heart that happens in the spirit 
Brother, I'll never forget this. I wasn't even called to preach them. But years ago, I sat in Sister Beulah's Sunday school class. I might have been saved a year or so, but she was teaching and teaching on that. And all of a sudden, I saw this. Not like I see you, but I saw it in the Spirit. I saw all of a sudden, as the saints of God begin to praise and worship the Lord, I saw those praises begin to go up. And as it hit about the atmosphere, there were like demonic spirits up there. And all of a sudden, they screech, and they just screech. Up over their ears, and it was like chaos going amongst them because the praises of God, amen, were penetrating through them, amen, into the atmosphere and before the throne of God. I believe that's a power of us, amen, when we have a voice, when we as a church were displaying and get on the same page, amen. We set confusion into the enemy, we send confusion to disperse them. They can't stand it, amen, when he sees the unifying of the body of Christ, amen, proclaiming that one sound and one voice together, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, just like music, and they did so beautiful tonight. But when everybody plays together, when the bass player is playing a G, when the piano player is playing in the key of G, and whatever instrument, but if they're playing in different keys, amen, they may be playing the same song, but they're not in unison. They're not in unison. Oh, folks, you know what? It's just like sports or anything. This principle works so, so well. You know what? You can have a Super Bowl football team. You can have a team that is bound to go to the Super Bowl. You can have the ace quarterback, the ace lineman. You can have the ace ends, the ace backs. I mean, they've got the talent. They've got the skill. But you know what? There's disunity amongst them. There's division amongst them. Amen. They've won, they've won two or three years in a row, but all of a sudden, amen, this one gets a little more attention than that one. The quarterback's named in the paper every Sunday. He's got four touchdowns in this, but all of a sudden, amen, you know what? Jealousy gets in. Division gets in. And even though they've got the power, even though they've got the ability, amen, they go down and they only win six that season. Why? Because there's disunity. There's jealousy. Amen. But how many know that? That quarterback may be good. You know what? But I want to tell you something. It's because of those linemen. He says, you see that tight end? You take that back out right there but when there's jealousy amen he says you know what I'm just going to step aside the quarterback's got the skill he can throw it but he said I'm just going to step aside let him have him and he'll let him kill him why because of that you understand what I'm saying here amen how many know the enemy does that amen we all have a gift we all have a part we all have a talent we all don't have the same skills but it takes everybody together to make that team effort it takes everybody they have the quality they have the ability you got a beautiful sanctuary here brother you really do but you know what it took more than one skill to make this thing happen. It took more than one skill. Somebody designed it. Amen. Probably the person that had the smarts to design it, the architectural design. Amen. Knowing how the footers were to go, how much weight they can construct. You know, he probably couldn't wire a red and a yellow wire together, but he knows how to do it. How many you know you got to have that? You got to have the plan. We got an architect church. We've got a designer. We've got a designer, amen, that's given us the plans and the purposes. And if we'll all follow the order of that and come together and it don't matter who cares who has the ideal if it's a God ideal. Who cares? I don't care if it's my ideal or your ideal. If it's a God ideal, let's get on board with it. Amen? Let's get on board and support it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen? Two or three more scriptures and we're going to land this plane, all right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 30, 12. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not to be silent. Acts 5, 12. 12. You want to just play softly for me? Would you do that? Is all right if she does that? Hallelujah. Display. I'm used to her. I'm used to her following me. And through the hands of the apostles, 
Many signs and wonders were done among the people. I've heard people saying about the miracles returning. Amen. Miracles, I don't think they've ever really left. I said, I don't think they've ever really left. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. Hallelujah. All with one accord. How many know there was another time when they were in one accord? Come on. Amen. We know that story well in Acts 2. When they were all in the upper room, 120, about 120, and they had one mind. They had one purpose. They were waiting there in one accord in unity. Why? Because Jesus had told them, tarry here. See, here again, this is what I'm saying. Jesus knew what they were up against. He's going to let them loose, but he said, you're not ready yet. You're not ready. They were under a, a Roman government of tyranny. They were under a, a Roman government of suppression that didn't tolerate anything. If you opposed them, they would shut you down quick and shut you down fast. So they didn't tolerate it. But Jesus said, you need power. You need something greater than yourself. Amen. You tarry there and you wait. So they were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. And then the Bible says, all of a sudden, said there came a sound. A sound. Not sounds, but a sound. A sound from heaven. Amen. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it fell upon all of them. Glory to God. And all of a sudden, amen, the power of God infused them that day. The Holy Ghost infused them. Why? So they could have goosebumps. So they could stay. And you know what? They didn't stay in that upper room. They didn't stay in there. But they began to keep it. And they began to go outside of that wall. Amen. That's what God wants to do. Amen. They received the power of God as one. But they were to take it out and influence the culture. They were to take it out and influence and go beyond. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 47, he saw a river there coming out of the house of God at the gates. Amen. But you know what? Coming out of those gates, it kept getting deeper and deeper. But inside the gates, it was just a trickle. Inside of the gates, it was a trickle. Inside of the house, it was a trickle. Glory to God. Amen. We like it to ankle deep, but inside the house. But God said, no. He said, you look out. You keep waiting out. When it went out of the house, it was going out into the culture, into society. And it got deeper and deeper. Then he said, look over your head. It was barren. It was desert. He said, look where you come from. He said, I look back on those barren banks. And all of a sudden, there were trees there. Amen. There was life. And he said, everywhere this river touches, it's going to give life. Everywhere this river flows, there's going to give life. There's going to be fish. Amen. Beyond. And that's what I'm saying. Amen. We get this glory but it needs to go to a deeper place. Amen. Outside of our church. May it flow into the community here, Pastor. May it flow because there's a lot of fish out there in your community. Amen. That God wants to bring as a harvest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Suddenly there came a sound. God told us to occupy. Occupy till He comes. Take territory. Take territory. Some of you probably preach this and preach it better than me. But you know what? There's something about the power of that unity. The Romans, again, too, I mean, they dominated for what was about 1,100 years, probably longer than anyone. Am I correct on that? Somewhere along that? How long? About 1,100 years, I think. Not an army like them. They began to develop certain tactics in war, they developed certain strategies, Marcus. And one of those was, not all of them, but they, they learned to link their shields together. You've probably taught on the tortoise. Sometimes they get about 27 guys together in groups. And they did this especially when they were going to siege a place. And when the Romans went in to take a place, they left no survivors. They said, we don't take prisoners. In case they get better, they'll fight again another day. We're going to take them out. And when they were getting ready to siege, how many know, like Jesus said, the gates of hell don't prevail against the church. Gates don't get up and go nowhere. Gates don't move. Amen. But what they would do, they would have these shields. 
that were about two foot wide, four foot wide. And if you look at this, Brother Mary, they would link them together. It's, it's beautiful. Get on. You can watch videos of this modern day. And they would link those shields together. They'd stay about three foot behind each other. They'd get apart. And those front, front ones would have a shield this way. And the back ones would throw their shields this way. They would, on the side, they would carry their side. And they were walled all the way around. And they would start marching. They had a smaller sword. Not, not the full, but like a little javelin with that. And when they began to push against the enemy, they would push with the shield. They would thrust with the sword. They would push with the shield. They would thrust with the sword. And those missiles that were shot out of that fortress at them would bounce over that. How many know the enemy throws those fiery darts? But amen, when we're all together, when we lick our shields together, when we put our arms together, amen, you know we're all covered. We're all covered. You know what? Our gifts, our gifts cover one another, Marcus. You got strengths that I don't have. But I love this about the body of Christ. I love it. He said he gives us these gifts that we might serve one another. That we might, all of us are strong somewhere, but we're weak somewhere. But God's give you something to make it up. Hallelujah. If I'll use my strength to help you, brother, you got a weakness to help him over here. He's got a strength that'll help Brother Maisel. Amen. Brother Maisel's got this one, that. Somewhere, all of our backs are covered if we're linked together. All of our backs are covered if we're linked together our shields and move forward in this hour. Glory to God. That way folks, we're not alone. We're not in it by ourselves. You're not isolated. Come on. We may be in different parts here, but there's one church, amen, one body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's time that we again, I believe as pastors, amen, to encourage our people. Amen. Don't take the whole load. Body of Christ, God wants to use you. It's not a big name, amen. This, you've got a part. You've got a part to play. You're important to the church. You're important to the body of Christ. God wants to use you. Amen. Don't run from the fight. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. He didn't run from it. People talk about this as the day of the spirit of Elijah. You know what? I think that's the church as a whole. Every one of us in a sense has the spirit of Elijah. Don't run from the battle. Face the challenge. Amen. Run to it. Run to it. God has an anointing and a call upon your life. Revival is wonderful and great. You know what? But we've had revival a lot. And a lot of times, you know what? You can have seven-day revival. Souls got saved. Amen. 30 filled with the Holy Ghost. But then when Monday comes, we had a great revival. It's almost like revival's over. Revival shouldn't be a consecutive of meetings. Revival should be in our heart. Revival should start in me. Revival should be if I only have church on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, I should have revival on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. But I should have revival in my heart every day. That's up to you. That's up to me. We should live in revival. We should be carriers of revival. Revival in your soul, revival in your spirit. If you're being revived, you revive something that's dead. Amen? Hallelujah. But the anointing is something precious. You don't need a lot, church. Don't look at the size of your church. Let God feel it, add to it just like He did in the early church. It's not the numbers that God's looking for. It's the unity. It's the obedience to what He's called you to do. Just like Gideon saw, it doesn't take a lot of numbers for God to do something great through you and affect your community, change your community. Amen. If we believe Zechariah 4, 6, not by my might, Gideon learned that well, not by my power, not by my strength. Hallelujah. Amen. If we believe that, if they believe that they that are for us are more than they be against us, some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots. Gideon learned that, but we're going to trust in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this. There's an anointing. 
Pastor really talked about that. There's an anointing that God has for you, on you, for you specifically. You're anointed for a purpose. About three or four weeks ago, I had this dream. I'm not a big dreamer. I've had a few dreams, and, but I'm not a big dreamer as well. But this was right one Sunday morning. I haven't even shared this with you, Brother Mason. I talked to one other pastor and shared. But it was like I was in a church. I don't think it was my church, but somewhere I was in a church. And I had this anointing oil. And I was praying for Marcus like we do. We anoint people with oil. And it was just a little bottle like that. We have those at church. Some of you carry them to hospitals and put it in your pocket. And it was just a little bottle like that. And it was about half empty. And I was praying for people and praying for people. And I went to put the lid on it. And I went to take that. And I went to pour that oil in another container like that. And I went to pour it. And as I walked away, I looked at my hand. And all of a sudden, it went, whoop. I went, you, I went, what? And I went and poured it again. And I was going, and I poured it again. And I poured it, and it went, whoop. It just filled up again. I did that three times, and I was sobbing like, and I got so excited. He's coming out of my words, Sister Cal. I said, my God, he's doing it again. I was running around telling people, I said, you got to believe this. And all of a sudden, I took that little bottle of oil. And when I began to look around, I looked, and there was a container this high. There was a container, and I had filled that whole thing up. Amen. And that little oil still stayed there. I talked to this pastor of mine, and I didn't know really what that meant. I just coming into service. But come out of me. Come out of me. I don't think it's just for me. But I think what God is saying is, if we'll pour it out, if we'll give it out, if we'll not hold on the anointing, if we'll not hold it in or try to contain it, God said, I'm going to fill you up. I'll fill it back up. And God, and, and you know what he told me? He said, the reason you were wanted, you didn't want to waste it. You cherished the anointing. It's so precious that you didn't want to lose a drop of it. But he said, if you'll not manipulate this and you'll allow it, amen, God will anoint you. He'll pour out of you, but he'll fill you up. Glory to God. How many believe that tonight? Amen. How many are ready for God to just fill you up, amen, and use you for the glory of God. Oh, Rabbi Shah, just slip your hands up for a moment and just worship the Lord as she just begins to sing. Amen. Let's just take a moment, wait on the Holy Spirit, see what He wants to do. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. I want you to be encouraged tonight. If you're here, Amen. I want to say this at first. If you're here tonight, maybe you felt inferior. Maybe you felt insignificant. Maybe you felt like, what can I do? What can I say? What difference can I make? I don't have this talent or that talent, but you're important to the Lord. You're very important to the body of Christ. You're necessary. You're necessary. Feel your gap in the wall. Feel your gap in the wall. Amen. Nehemiah built a wall, but he placed them all along the wall to feel the gaps. Feel the gaps. It only takes that one gap. We've built a wall here. They say, I don't know how far it is, but a half a mile left, I've heard. Amen. Well, they can't get, but how many know where they're coming through? A half a mile. Half a mile opening. Don't let it be yours. Don't let it be your spot. Your spot. Guard your gap. Guard your gap in the wall. Amen. You're important. You're important. But while you're praying tonight, if that's you tonight, if you're in this place, I just want to pray for you tonight. You may, I'm, not, I'm not a minister. I'm not this or that. That's all right. You're a child of God, and God's gifting you. He wants you to know that you're important tonight. If you're a part of this church or fellowship, amen. While heads are bowed, is that anybody tonight? Just say, Pastor, that's me. I just feel so insignificant. I think, who am I? Come on, I want you to, it's not to embarrass anyone, but God wants to encourage you to not know that you're a part. Come on, you just slip your hand up. Be honest with the Lord. He loves you. You're precious to Him tonight. You're precious to Him tonight. You mean something to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you right now. Lord, I just pray that you unite us together. How many know that you're called of God in this place tonight? How many know that you have a purpose? Come on. 
Everybody know that you have a purpose. Let's put that together. Let's link our shields together. Let's link our shields and our faith together. Amen. Glory to God. And do something great for the Lord. Amen. Be content in who you are. Be content in who you are. Because notice God gave you that. God looked at you and chose to give that to you, brother. The gifts that you have, God saw something in you and he gave it to you. So let's use it for the glory of God. Amen. Is there anybody that you might need prayer for anything tonight? Before we just shift and transaction, I turn it back to the pastor. If you need prayer tonight for anything, in your body, physically, whatever area, we're going to take a time and us ministers will pray for you. Hallelujah. Anyone at all, praise God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You receive that tonight, church? Amen. Give God praise and glory. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.